0: Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And on most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. On this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Bobby Rebel, author, speaker, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Tips for Grownups podcast. I loved her first book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, proven advice from high achievers on how to live your dreams and have financial freedom. And now I'm looking forward to her next one coming next spring called Launching Financial Grown-Ups, which will focus on how to help your almost adult kids start their journey on becoming their own financial grown-up. And then she has gone into entrepreneurship with her grown-up gear line of gifts, all of which I want to hear all
1: about, and all of which is to say, welcome, Bobby. I'm so happy to be here. That was an awesome intro. Wow. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah,
0: you're doing a lot,
1: man. You're doing a lot. Yeah, I know. You know, they always tell you you're supposed to put your resume on one page, or at least that's what I was told last time I applied for an actual job. But I don't know if that would fit. And we left out like the whole preamble, you know. Yeah. It's it's just never ending. But you're the same way, Jen. That's oh, what happens. You know, well, so that, we've it adds up each other after a while. A while. <laughs> We've known each other
0: forever. Forever. And so that's the thing is, like when was the last time you applied for a job, Miss Financial Grownup?
1: Probably when I, well, I was, a, for 15 years, I was um, a business news anchor at Thomson Reuters. So I applied for that job. So that was a long time ago. I'm not good at math. <laughs> when so 15 12. years and then my yes. book came out. and I left there in 2017 when my book came out. So, which was how to be a financial grown up, and so yeah, seventeen minus two thousand two. There we go.
0: And so, what was happening? Because I know a little bit of the story, but tell the story of what led you to write Financial Grown Up, and because a lot—that's your world now—is to helping us realize we are grown ups, or help us get to this. Some of us still need help getting to be a financial grown up.
1: Well, I love that you said that. So there's this whole misunderstanding that I wrote this book as the expert. I actually wrote this book as the journalist looking for answers for myself. What? I mean, well, no, but it's true because I think that we're always looking to be financial grownups. We're always looking. It always is something. For example, even now, I'm sort of figuring out how to be responsible for helping my father who's retired figure out a lot of the later in life decisions that he's making. So I'm being included in conversations that I don't really want to have about estate planning and stuff like that and just kind of his wishes. And there's nothing wrong. He's doing great. But he's pushing these conversations on me. And this is another stage of life. So financial grown up, it's always these different stages in life. I mean, the ultimate one to some degree is when you're suddenly financially responsible for yourself. And you therefore have to really start thinking, like a breadwinner, as we like to say, yes. because you have to realize at a certain point that even if mom and dad will be there as a backup, they shouldn't be. I mean, they're there as a backup for the total emergencies, but you should kind of own your own financial life at a certain point. I feel like that's an ad for somebody. So I was not sponsored on that. (laughs) But you know, we all go through these Probably things. But I, mean, it's, I, I mean, I you know, I left this out of the book because people didn't think it was a good thing to talk about. But, you know, one of my first grown up moments, Jen, was when the sophomore year of college, you move out of the dorm door where yes. you just have a dorm yep. room and then you move to the apartment. And it's a building that's owned by the school, but you're in an apartment. So you? I had three rooms, four roommates. So we had a double and two singles and we had a bathroom in the unit. And when you arrive, the bathroom has been cleaned and there are all of the basic supplies just for the start. Yeah. Then the toilet paper runs out and nobody (laughs) really told you that you have to refresh these things. No one's buying the tissue boxes. And I remember my roommates and I being a little bit lost. And we literally were like, well, we know where there's toilet paper. We took our backpacks and we went to our freshman year dorms (laughs) to find (laughs) the toilet paper. Because it's didn't occur to us that you go to That's, where, it is. <laughs> that's <laughs> where the toilet paper is. So we didn't want to go to stores where we'd have to pay money. We were students. We went where we knew it was free and plentiful, which was the freshman dorms. So you know, there's all these stages to be get grown up, and I think we're yes. always evolving. In all seriousness, though, no, I mean the book came out, which was amazing, and people would come to me with these questions, and I knew the answers from having done the interviews. The book is a collaboration of interviews with amazing people, everyone from Kevin O'Leary, to Tony Robbins. I had designer um, uh, Cynthia Rowley, all these incredible people. And I interviewed them. And then I had advice as a journalist. So afterwards, I did go and become a certified financial planner. And that is a lot of work. So now I can't officially be considered <laughs> an expert. I don't always follow my own advice. I'm definitely susceptible to all kinds of human behavior, but you know, it's like, you look, I'm pretty good, but it's not like every doctor never has a piece of cake. Right. Right. I mean, we're all human. So I'm in it with everybody, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: (laughs) Which I always appreciate because you and I always start talking about money and business, our own businesses. And so that's, you know, that's what makes it so much fun because it's, it's great to be able to just talk about being breadwinners.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, this is something that I did not want and I fell into because as is often the case, you don't get a choice. So it's better to be prepared for when that non-choice is presented. Look, I was, as you know, and I, I'm happy to share with our listeners, I was an Instamom at 37. I was totally single at 35. And then I got married. We had a baby and we instantly had custody of my husband's children from his first marriage, which was not expected. And so it was a real shock to the system. Right after that, my husband's company imploded in the 2007-2008 recession. So right when I thought I was going to take a few years off to be home with my one child, that didn't work out, right? Because I needed to stay in my job. We needed health insurance. So you know, I became the working frazzled mom that I did not want to be. But I... Did not have a choice, and my job was suddenly really, really important. Both I joke about the health insurance that is no joke, and oh, also never. to have a base of income. It doesn't mean I was making enough, but I was the breadwinner unwillingly, and I learned a lot from that experience. That you cannot mess around when it comes to the numbers and to getting paid what you are worth, because it is important, and we all need, not just deserve, but we need to be oh, paid. The
0: change of the Affordable Care Act. You know, I, people who are younger, I do not know that the horror, the fear you would have of losing your job was one thing, but losing health
1: insurance and
0: when you had kids in in the mix, like, oh, it was terrifying.
1: It was and is still terrifying. I will tell you, even now I do think about my, so right now our family structure for health insurance purposes, and this is something we all actually actively talk about is my husband has the health insurance. He has a corporate job, a W2 job, and I started this business which makes more money than my corporate job did. So far, every year I've made the same or more. Last year I made more. The last two years I've been able to make more than my base was at Reuters, which is sort of my was my benchmark to leave because again, you can't you you can have a lot of jobs that are actually hobbies, and we all have to be really careful about that, especially when we like to write books. Yeah, yeah. So, you have to find a way to make sure that you're monetizing these hobbies very aggressively. But he has the W-2 job with the health insurance for all of us. We have a family of five in New York City. And um, and then I am able to have the um, LLC and that has other advantages. And I, I think in an ideal situation, that is a really good family structure if there's a two income family. Because for example, this year, more than ever, when we were doing our 2020 taxes, I really had a very legitimate home office deduction because I do a lot of um I'm a brand ambassador and I do a lot of television spots promoting different brands and also promoting my various ventures and so I'm constantly filming in our living room, dining room, <laughs> entryway, um sometimes in a corner of a bedroom and yeah. and a study and so we had real and completely legitimate home office deductions and that balanced out with my husband's W2 job which does not and this is wrong by the way they do not allow, as of now, as of this recording, home office deductions if you were employed by a company. Wow. So, yeah. So he couldn't, you cannot take home office deductions if you are employed by a corporation. Yeah. That's even with the pandemic. And I don't know if they'll figure out a way yeah, to, to make do with that, that right. But for now, that we were able to do that. So I think that's a really good family structure for people to consider if it works for them. Yeah.
0: You yeah. Know? It, it because, worked for us too. That's exactly how yeah. we ran it too. Cause you uh, get
1: advantages from both.
0: Yeah. It, it and very thankful for, uh, you know, since our health system in this country is so crazy, uh, that having, uh, having employer sponsored healthcare in one part of our team. And ed, there have been points where I was the healthcare and now he's the healthcare. Yeah, it's completely true. But at least there, I always like, at least there, there is, you know, high catastrophe healthcare that you can access that was not there before.
1: Yes. That's, and thankfully a lot of the COVID stuff, well, pretty much all of the COVID related stuff in terms of testing and vaccinations has also been subsidized by our government. Thank God. I hope that does not change in the future. And I do worry for people that had COVID because that was a minefield I have heard. So, you know, that's yeah. a whole other podcast, my friend.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, well, speaking of what you're doing, not podcast, I mean, you have your podcast. Which you were on-, on recently. A- which, Everyone yes. go listen to Jen. And and then we'll do vice versa because everybody will be listening to you. And now they need to go listen to your podcast. That What are you doing? Well, tell me about the podcast because I've been on it, but for those who don't know, and then how it connects to what you're
1: doing on Clubhouse. So it's one big happy ecosystem, Jen. So the podcast was recently rebranded to be Money Tips for Financial Grownups. And on Clubhouse, my club is called Money Tips for Grownups. And it's all the same theme. It's ways that we can improve our lives as financial grownups, but in a way that we can sort of ingest it in bite-sized pieces because we don't want to be overwhelmed. Because when we get overwhelmed, We just shut it down, right? Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) And be open
0: about it. That's what I always love is that you feel very safe with you saying that this, you know, I have this issue. You know, I'm not saying, oh, look at
1: my checkbook and check it out. But no, saying I have anxiety about this and it's okay. Yeah, I mean, we all do. And that's why I try really hard to not be, oh, I am so perfect. I mean, for example, I was doing something at a local TV spot this morning. On revenge spending, and the truth is, I bought something too. We were talking about the fact that we all want to kind of avenge the year that was, and you know, kind of get back at the pandemic. But of course, we're not getting back at the pandemic. Let's be realistic. Come on, nobody's going to care that you went and bought new shoes. They will
0: know that I bought a new fridge. (laughs) I'm pissed off.
1: But exactly. But the truth is, I said it's look. I said it's a normal feeling. And the truth is, if you can afford it, it's okay to go splurge on something responsible because we do kind of deserve a break and that's okay and i remember the anchor questioning me and he was like i said you know it's okay to spend because sometimes we get so focused on tomorrow and retirement and everything and then we forget about the present and i remember a friend of mine saying that he wished he'd visited a relative before the pandemic but he didn't because the airfare seemed too high i mean looking back like yeah, you know, maybe it would have been better to pay a ridiculous airfare and be ripped off and it's not right and get all mad about that, but see your grandma. Don't not do the visit. So, you know, I I really want to be human with these. And so when I talked about revenge spending, I'm like, you know what? If you got to spend, you got to spend, just figure out a way out of it. If you create debt, you got to pay off the debt. It's going to be there. But you have to be human and you have to live. And and that's, you know, look, my mom died at age 62. She never collected social security. She never tapped that IRA. She never opened up that 401k. Wow. Yeah. So there's a balance. I'm saying absolutely, you know, do your company match, put your money away, have a really big nest egg because we're living longer than ever, but don't forget to go out to dinner with your friends. Yeah. You know, go someplace cheaper if you need to, that's okay. Same friends. But, you know, let's, you know, now that things are opening up, I really don't want people to be. Pennywise life foolish, you know? Yeah,
0: I do. I and and we've been God, we've been like holding it together for so long. It would be nice. We're, you know, we're allowed to treat ourselves nicely.
1: Yes. And you know what? We also have been living the year in sweats. There's something to be said for putting on a nice outfit today. So I'm in jeans and what I would call a cute top, but I did originally put on sweats today, and then I decided To change. And it really felt good. And I feel like I had a happier day because I got dressed. And I think that we should all start getting dressed. However, you define it. Okay. Right. You don't have to go wear a ball gown to work. It's okay. But, or you could. Yeah. If if you wanted to. Okay. You know, that's the thing with work from home. If you want to wear a black tie to the Zoom meeting, you could do that. It would be a great conversation starter. Go for it. Do what you want. This
0: week, I've started
1: wearing shoes. Is that the shoes, silly? Do they statement? still fit? Kinda, are they it, you know, because shoes—if you don't wear them for a while—sometimes they need to be like re-stretched out. Yeah, and you know? but I've gone for shoes and like, like supporting my foot because okay. I have not. This,
0: yeah, it's funny that that I've been feeling that way this week too. Is that I want to be, I want to actually do my hair. Which, yeah, you know, it's a big thing. Because I'm not on TV like you are all the time and looking gorgeous, but I will just wet my hair, comb it back, you know, shower, comb it back, kind of let it dry. But there used to be a day, I used to dry it. I had a little round brush and, you know. Yeah. 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 I I haven't gotten there yet. I need to get to the round brush.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You could also buy some products. That sometimes makes it easier. I have a lot of products for hair. It drives my husband crazy. I have all the bathroom real estate. I admit it. He you complains about it? it and I just say, Yes, you're correct.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's like those HGTV things where they always walk into the closet and they're like, Oh, you'll never have room in here, sir. You know, and they No, well, that's fine. I split the I split the uh closet equally. That's fine. But the bathroom, me too. I get the medicine chef. <laughs> I get the shelf. I get yeah. No, that that's for us. That's we need this. I love it. Yes. So what's happening with the podcast? Who's coming up? Um, who's coming up on the money tip? You have such great money tips and, and people's life stories tied into how they see money, and that's it's always so, it's always so engaging.
1: I know. I I'm so fortunate. I have the best guests, as I said, including you. Um, we had Kirsten Jordan. Do you ever watch Million Dollar Listing New York? Yes. Kirsten Jordan, the first female real estate broker on the show, is on the podcast. <gasps> And we also, we're a little bit of a reality TV flow here. We also had, have you ever watched, I'm obsessed with the show and it's so underappreciated. Have you seen the show Marriage and Mortgage or Marriage or Mortgage? It's on
0: Netflix. What is that? I keep like- Oh my God, you have to, wait, have you not watched it?
1: (laughs) No, I haven't. I'm obsessed. You have to watch it. It's the most educational show in so long for money. It is so underappreciated. People look at it and they go, ew, who would ever choose to get have a wedding versus a house? Well, probably you did and you didn't realize it is my answer to most people. Uh, yeah. Right? Think about yep. it. Everyone yep. that had a, had a wedding for more than, you know, the price of going to the, yep. you know, just as a piece downtown, you chose to spend X dollars whether it's $500 or five, whatever, $100,000 right. on a wedding. You made that choice. And let me tell you, even if you didn't pay for it yourself, if you went to daddy, and said, you know, instead of spending this five-figure sum on a wedding, could I just have it and I'll buy a house and instead we'll just have a family dinner and celebrate our love and have a cake with candles? I think daddy would have been okay with it. But you didn't do that, did you? No. Right? So all these people that think they're so high and mighty and they would have absolutely chosen the house, I challenge them to watch the show and get honest with yourself People are very judgmental and I don't like it. And I love this show. I do. I just love this show. It is so misunderstood. I am gonna totally check it out. Yes. And and, I feel like that should be the headline for this episode. Bobby feels marriage and mortgage (laughs) is under marriage or mortgage is a misunderstood show. Misunderstood. 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 It is misunderstood because people and, and here's the other thing. I asked the ladies, I said. Okay. Your show was filming. You were just about to wrap when the pandemic hit. So some of these people, their weddings were not exactly what they hoped because maybe they had to take the numbers down depending on the timing. And, you know, were the people that bought the houses, were they so happy? You know, I felt like all the marriage people would have regret. All the mortgage people would be so happy. No, that was not the case. You know, why? Because the people that bought houses suddenly had overhead when they were feeling financially insecure. Because remember, you're getting a mortgage. You are taking on debt. Yeah. The people that had a wedding, they were just renting away, not a care of the world, but they had to make the rent, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Right.
0: So, right. Because a mortgage is so you betting, you're betting on your future, right? Right. Then with a mortgage.
1: Yeah. Right. You have you have accepted future monetary obligations. You are locked into it. You may not have a buyer. You have overhead. You have unexpected expenses. With a wedding, you blew the money, but then you're done. Yes. And you have this wonderful memory. And all of these people, you know, say, oh, we want experiences over things. Those are the same people saying, How would you turn down a mortgage for just a one night thing? Well, you said you wanted experiences. That's an experience. That's- You're having all of your friends and family with you in one special moment. So I don't know. So that's the podcast. So people should go listen to that episode. I love it.
0: And it leads into your your next book that you're working on because you're talking to the next generation these are decisions yes. that you and I made long ago i mean not yes. that long we're not that old but we've <laughs> gone through these life stages of choices right yes. and so now in your your new book you're talking to the to us as we
1: talk to the next generation exactly so my next book is called launching financial grown ups it's going to be out In the spring of 2022, I've done 21 interviews. So again, I am becoming an expert. This is a book I am writing for me and for all of my peers as someone that is learning along the way. And so far, it's actually going okay. My stepdaughter is 24. I'm very happy. You can learn more about this in the book, but she is launching into the world. She's going to be buying her own residence imminently. So we're really proud of her. I have a college kid, and then I have my 13-year-old. And I'm really learning a lot about how you can gently, lovingly, and in a sustainable way, help them become financially separate from you. No kid wants to hear that they're going to have to pay for their own Netflix subscription. No kid wants to hear that they have to pay for their own health insurance, but the day will come. And all kidding aside, you can pay for the Netflix. That's actually fine. But... You are. They're going to get booted off at twenty six. Like I mean, it right. used to, there, it, it, for a the health Yeah, mean, you know. And frankly, Obama by doing that, which was a great thing in many many ways, but he sort of raised the the um, sort of accepted age for when someone is truly an adult and has to separate financially from their parents. I would have said it was previously twenty two unofficially, when you got out of usually college or even younger if you didn't go to college, that you were sort of expected to be financially separate from your parents. So now we call it 26. So the book is really targeted to parents of kids that are between, let's say, 16-ish when they get usually their first income, they see their first paycheck. You can go, the book will talk about how you go and both on a literal way, go through their paycheck so they can understand what each line is because that's important because from that they will make decisions. But also, no, I I interviewed financial therapists because they're going to need therapy when they see how much tax is taken out of it. (laughs) Yes.
0: For sure. And and when they realize that they have to use what's left over to buy toilet paper.
1: Exactly. And, and the, basics, because the you know dorm is hot, they got locked out of the dorm. Yeah. <laughs> There's no sure. more dorm to get the toilet paper from. I,
0: my version of that story is not knowing I had to put oil to do an oil change. And I my engine seized on my car because no one had mentioned and this is pre internet, I'd like to say that I didn't think, I
1: didn't know. And then the person. I car would not keys. have known that. I'm not really a driver, to be honest with you. Like, I'm learning this from you. <laughs>
0: these are basic things that, like,
1: you, you, I'm these in are Jen. The I don't know.
0: Nowadays, you could be like, why is my car overheating, Google? And maybe it would say, hey, go check
1: your oil. But yeah, I yeah. Know. I mean, all of these things that we just assume the young adult children know, they don't. Because they see you buy toilet paper, you know, like they don't know. They don't know things just, I know. Well, like I said, I mean, all these things just appear in their homes and they don't really realize that every single thing that goes into the home was purchased or brought into the home in some way from usually you. And it is a rude awakening. And so look, all kidding aside, we we love our children. We want to support them. We want them to be ready. I love the idea of financial education in schools, but parents need to step up too. And when it comes to the concrete, specific, everyday things, they're not going to learn it until they need to. You can lecture a four-year-old, but it's not going to matter. They're going to need it again in a different way when they're in their 20s, their early 20s. It's a different financial education. It's They're going to tell you that they understand what a 401k is because they went out and learned about it. But then when you actually kind of check their work, you might find out that they didn't actually invest the money. Well, we want to protect them from that because otherwise 10 years can go by. And they're not going to know that they put money into a 401k, but it didn't actually go into a fund right, that where it's car invested, seizes, right?
0: That their car will seize on the side of the road financially. That their car, exactly. Right.
1: They, don't, yep. they don't know that. And they shouldn't. They, I mean, well, they should. I don't think it's fair of us to just expect them to know everything by osmosis. We should definitely encourage them to read newspapers. we all made mistakes. Online. Yeah. I mean, we, we we've so all made mistakes. mistakes. And yep. also, the other thing is stepping back and really letting them stress out a little bit. And we've had to do that with our younger, with our young adult children. I mean, we let them this year. My stepson earned money. I'm really proud of him and I had our tax accountant. So I gave him a little bit of a cushion. Our tax person did his taxes. However, he had to pay the taxes. And I know that sounds obvious, but I asked the accountant and she said, you're the only one of my clients that is not paying the taxes for their child. And not only did I make him pay it, I made him actually directly communicate with the tax person and he had to, you know, do the debiting of the account with her. I didn't get involved, if that makes sense, in the actual transaction, which sounds so basic, especially if you're not a parent of a 21-year-old. Right, right. No. this was epic because forcing him to do this, and to be clear, he wasn't resisting. He's a great kid. There was nothing bad going on. But I think that that will allow him to really understand taxes if yeah. that makes sense, to yeah, yeah. really understand. That, the mechanics you know, of it, yes, beyond like, the, be the, right.
0: the philosophy of taxes. Exactly, yeah.
1: because he had some W-2 income and then he had some 1099 income. And because of that, he did not prepay taxes, the full amount for right. the 1099, and he owed money. Uh-huh. And he, not a lot, it's fine. I know, but, but I'm you know, sorry. But that's fine. <laughs> no, because he had, the, he had the money interest-free. It's better than him giving the government a loan. It's it's We knew that. No, that was planned, it's fine it's really important. I mean, with, with my, my stepdaughter, we said, okay, we'll pay for a couple things for you when you're moving into the apartment. But you know, if we're going to pay for the floors to be done, you do all the heavy lifting. We'll, we'll write the check. But you find the guy and you find out what insurance is needed. And you find out if we need to put down a deposit and you do that. And unless you do that, it's not getting done. And I think those things may sound obvious to someone who's not in this phase of life with children. But getting kids to do that is no small feat because they will push back. They want my you Lord, to I coddle them because we yep. have. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. really important. And and I think, you know, it's not doesn't come from a place of being miserly. You're not just, in, in my theory, you're not just cutting them off cold. You're teaching them. And then you're letting them figure it out themselves.
0: Yep. I could not empathize more. Right now, my husband is... Aggressively watching all the things that need to be done to prep for freshman year of high of college next year. Yeah, and you know the promissory note for the student loan, this the Uh the dorm stuff, and there's a ticking clock, and he's keeping us on track. But she's relying on him to keep us on track. I am too. Yeah, I am a breadwinner, so I am. And that was a deal. We actually had a discussion (sighs) that I am working on other things, so he's going to take the lead on that. And so I I've kind of leaned into. Senior year stuff, which is not easy. No, freaking sands of time keep shifting with COVID, and he's doing freshman. But guess who's not? Guess who's just like living in the living in the lap of mom and dad, taking care of stuff. Exactly. You are once again inspiring me. Yep. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's really true because the other thing that's happened, and I I interviewed some experts about this, is generationally we have better relationships with our young adult children than previous generations, which is a really yes. good thing. Yep. But then they don't really want to leave as badly. I mean, they'll say they want to leave. <laughs> yeah. They'll say they want to leave, but yeah. there's not. And it's it's also a good thing, but there's not this like shame of living with your parents. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yep. oh, you're smart. You're saving money. That's great. There's They don't have the stigma that there used to be. A good thing, by the way, definitely a good yes, thing overall. Yes, but we had it; but, we certainly had it right. You know, you we did. I, I, yeah, I remember being embarrassed. I lived at home for six months after college, yep. and now I go, "Well, I lived at home at, for six months after college to save money." You know, pat on the back, yeah, yeah. looking back. But at the time, it was embarrassing. Yep. You know, yep. I, I felt really embarrassed. I was living with my parents, even though I was a college graduate, because I needed to save money. I didn't have a job at first, and then I had to save up enough to pay to sublet an apartment, and this, this, and that. Because we don't have that, they're very comfortable. And the pandemic reinforced that because then there really was no stigma. Then it's like, of course, you're at home with your parents. And uh, we need to get the kids out in a way that they know that we love them, that we are. We don't want them to ever feel that they can ask us. for. It. Well, we yes. want them to know that there's a backstop there in a real, real emergency, but not if they go shopping. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Not it, it's got to be a real emergency, not a oopsies. I need money for the rent tomorrow because I spent my money on something silly. Um, well, so, is there you anything
0: know. in the grown-up gear that says, um, "Thanks, you must be leaving now"? <laughs> that is an excellent product idea, <laughs> Jen. You're Just hired. Just you are mug. hired. And as you lift up the mug, you know, like, "Love you, dear. Love when you." What's you? your yeah. exit strategy? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Maybe. So just a thought. I put I think it out there. that sounds great. <laughs> I love grown-up gear, by the way. It makes me smile so much seeing these products. I mean, who wouldn't laugh? Like, I mean, come on. You had me at debt-free. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and so where can people I find grown-up gear?
1: At grown-upgear.com, Jen. All right. For all of your grown-up gifting, le- grown gifting needs, all the adulting I milestones. I mean, even like, I love... I didn't think this would be the biggest seller, but there's one that just says Designated Grown Up and it looks like a <laughs> it looks like a, it it's on a mug and it's on a t-shirt and the t-shirt it looks like um you know those hello I am hello my yep. name is it's like that but it says Designated Grown Up and it comes right. in white and black. See, I'm selling Jen, right? Yeah. White and black on a t-shirt, a V neck t-shirt. It's super cute, unisex. Great gift for all of your adulting milestones, but it also comes in a mug and the mug is is super popular. So, oh, it's I fun love stuff. it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you for for coming on the Breadwinners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been great, and we, and we will put links to grown up gear and podcasts and and actually, can we link to Clubhouse
1: too? I think you can link to Clubhouse in general. We'll yeah. have to see. I think you, maybe you can link to my club, but and it's so we'll you know what? It it's, it's money tips for grown ups. If you're looking for the club, and um, please join us there. Right now it's Fridays at one. We may move it to a different day for the summer. All the information will always be at the Money Tips for Grown Ups Clubhouse page. And please listen to Money Tips for Financial Grown Ups podcast. And most of all, shop. shop, 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 shop at grownupgear.com. And until next week, keep hustling.